George Mueller said, The great fault of the children of God is they do not continue in prayer. They do not go on praying. They do not persevere. If they desire anything for God's glory, they should pray until they get it. Today, we're talking about persevering in prayer. You're listening to the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Well, hey, everyone, it is so good to have you back and to continue our focus of leadership lessons from the book of Nehemiah. Yes, we made it through chapter one, and today we're going to start our journey through chapter two. I love how we can just walk through the Bible and learn so much. Psalm 119, 162 says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. God's word is like treasure in the sense that as we study it, we gain wisdom and great nuggets of wisdom. Yes, it takes some work. It takes some time. We're doing this week by week. The Bible studies are a little long. The conversations are good. But listen, it's worth it. Proverbs 4 verses 5 through 7 says, Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget. Do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Whatever you get, get insight. And I say this because I am so shocked by so many Christian leaders that don't go to God's word to grow in their leadership skills. Uh, Even with the podcast or different things, we want all this uh, advice and counsel and stuff, but we can know and have strength and encouragement through God's word, what he has said. Sometimes I find myself personally being more excited about a new book coming out than God's word. But listen, this is why I want to focus This leads these leadership lessons on God's word to give you God's word to help you apply it so you can have some great reward. And so as we continue to study through the book of the Bible, Nehemiah, we're going to have great value and understanding. And today's topic, as we start chapter two, I want to talk to you about persevering in prayer, persevering in prayer. Now, this isn't the most fun word or exciting topic in our day and age, but when we want uh When we want everything so fast and right away, we get impatient and we don't have any patience. We want, we were the microwave generation, right? But let me remind you something. The Bible says patience is a virtue and we are supposed to persevere in prayer. Now the definition of uh, persevering um, or persistence is doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Perseverance is doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. And as leaders and Christians, we need to have perseverance when it comes to prayer, when it comes to prayer. Now I get this thought from Nehemiah chapter two, verses one through five. It says this in the month of Nisan, Nisan in the 12th, uh, 20th year of King Xerxes, when wine was before him, I took up the wine And gave it to the king. Remember, this is Nehemiah. He did this for his role, his job. He was a servant as a cupbearer. And so he was a trusted servant and it showed how he had character because a king trusted him with his life. The text goes on and says, now I had uh, not been sad in his presence. Nehemiah was sad. You realize from chapter one, we know that he's sad about this news he received from his brother that Jerusalem was um, in in rubble and it was... um, put in shame because the wall was torn down. There was no protection and the enemies were coming there. And this weighed on Nehemiah. It was a burden God gave him. He wanted to see a brighter future, greater vision. Now in verse two, the king said to me, why is your face sad? Seeing you are not sick. 
This is not but sadness of the heart. Now, then I was very much afraid. Uh, he was afraid because the context was if you were a king, uh, you can kill people. In the king's presence, there wouldn't be people that were sad, people that were happy, make them laugh. Uh, and so ne- uh, Nehemiah had never been sad before the king like this before. It was weighing on him and the king could tell because they were in relationship. They trusted one another. Nehemiah had great influence over the king and the king and him had this relationship. Verse three said, I said to the king, let the king live forever. Hey king, please, I- I'm not sad about you. I'm just, this thing's going on. Let the king live forever. He says, why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lives in ruin and its gates have been destroyed by fire. He shares his heart with the king. He says, let the king live forever. This is not about you. It's something I'm going through. I'm going through a situation that makes me sad. Realize that as a leader, as one that follows God that has character, you will still have sadness in your life. You will still have trials and burdens and things that will weigh you down. And it's really cool to have relationships. I can ask you, hey, what's going on? And people that know you be in community where people could know you and pray for you and ask you these questions. Well, the king said to him, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king and we'll pick up next week the text of what he says. But this week, what I want to focus on is that little response. The king asked him and he responded before he spoke to pray. Man, that was wise. He responded with prayer. Now, Um, The first thing I want you to notice from this text as we talk about persevering in prayer is Nehemiah is continuing to pray. This is the month of Nisan. It shows us a time frame. Remember uh, chapter 1 verse 1 it says uh, Nehemiah got this news about Jerusalem from his brother in the month of Cheslev. Uh, now, what happened in the month of Cheslid that he talked to his brother? Now, unless you study this, you wouldn't really know the significance. Uh, and you have to sort of go back to the Hebrew calendar and what the time frames are. But Nisan would be about four months later. That means Nehemiah was grieving, praying, processing, fasting and praying, waiting on God in the situation for a long time, four months. This just isn't just an overnight thing of prayer where in chapter one, Nehemiah prayed and then it was done. No, Nehemiah continued in prayer. Nehemiah prayed to God about this huge situation and he did it for a while. We see that Nehemiah not only prayed once, but he persevered in prayer. He kept seeking God. And this is huge for leaders because we need to persevere when it comes to prayer. Not all our prayers uh, happen or come immediately. Some take a while. Now, listen, there are some uh, prayers that they just get answered immediately. I, I, I knew I, I, after I fasted and prayed about Mary and Laura, uh, I asked her, hey, will you marry me? And she said, yes, immediately. It was amazing. I love it. It's great. God does answer amazing prayers. And and sometimes it's just so, so shocking how quickly he answers it. But I remember my wedding. Uh, I had my best man and he wasn't a believer. Uh, He is today, but it took many, 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 many years for him to become saved. And I had to pray and I had to persevere. Uh, I shared the gospel several times, several times, several times. And finally, he was led to the Lord by someone else. But I just prayed and I prayed and I prayed and God answered that over time. I like what Warren Wiersbe, or not Warren Wiersbe, but Rick Warren, uh, pastor in California, said about prayer. He said, little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. I think the enemy knows this and he discourages us to pray. He wants us to give up while we wait. 
right? He doesn't want us to persevere because he knows that God will answer prayer in his timing. Andrew Murray said this, God's child can conquer everything by prayer. It is it any wonder that Satan doesn't does his utmost to snatch that weapon from the Christian or hinder his use of it? I think being discouraged in prayer can rob us of great strength. If we don't persevere, we're never going to see the power of God in our lives. This is why the Bible continues to encourage us to pray. Colossians 4.2 says, continue steadfastly in prayer, even against opposition, even when you don't get the answer immediately. Be watchful in it with thanksgiving. Thank God that we can pray. We need to continue to walk in strength and be a people of prayer that abides in Jesus. For Jesus said in John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. There is great power in our prayers and they make a huge impact in our world. The great missionary Hudson Taylor to China said, Satan, the hinderer, may build a barrier around us, but he can never roof us in so that we cannot look up. And that's just a yes and amen. Our roles as believers is to fight in the spiritual realm, one of dependence, and we can talk and pray to God. And we know that the word of God says he listens. First John uh, 5, 14, I believe it is. He says he listens to us. And so Nehemiah hadn't stopped praying. He didn't get discouraged in the work. He got sad. He was burdened. It was hard, but he still continued to pray through that sadness, through that burden, through that situation. It reminds me of what Peter says in first Peter five seventeen that we're to cast all our cares, our anxieties, our burdens on God because he cares for us. And we see Nehemiah not only pray once, But now he's persevering in prayer. Four months later, he kept on seeking God. He kept on asking God. He kept on having this burden. It was in his mind. And let me just tell you, man, let me be honest. This is hard because God was delaying on him, uh, giving help. Um, Man, don't you struggle with delays? Remember, uh, Nehemiah chapter one, verse 11, Nehemiah would pray, give me give success to your servant today, today, grant Grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Uh, he Nehemiah knew he needed help from the king to accomplish this vision, but first he went to God. Uh, but notice how he wanted success today, and that didn't happen. He had a desire, an expectation, a plan, and that did not happen. He had to trust God in his good plan and submit to the Lord in prayer. Now, that's one of the reasons why we do uh, go to God in prayer, to gain his heart. I think that we all want success today right? If God can answer all of our prayers immediately, we would just smile and be amazed. Uh, but we need to understand that God has a perfect will as, uh, as well um, and a right time for everything. And so for me, sometimes it's easy to just get a yes or a no so I can move on rather than waiting, right? Delays are hard. It causes me to keep seeking God and keep praying. Uh, and Jesus told us this. He said, listen, always pray and do not lose heart. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. There's something about being in a hard situation that keeps us relying on God. And I think God knows that he knows that I pray more when I can't pay my bills. He knows that when I don't have the answer and I'm going to him, it's a good thing for me. Or I don't, when I don't have a way out and I have to go to God, he likes that. Many times God does delay his answer to our prayers just for this reason so that we would depend on him more. 
God doesn't mind if we constantly and consistently go to him with our burdens. And I just want to encourage you as we think about the hardness of perseverance and patience and uh, praying, uh, man, that God listens. This is the confidence the Bible says that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We don't ever waste our words um, when praying to God. Donald Whitney uh, in his book, Spiritual Disciplines, he says, sometimes a failure to persistent, persistent prayer proves that we were not serious about our requests in the first place. And at other times, God wants us to persist in prayer in order to strengthen our faith in him. Faith would never grow if all our prayers were answered immediately. Have you ever thought about prayer like that? My faith has grown so much because I have pers- pers- uh, persevered or persisted in prayer. Um, and sought God. I have personally appreciated the answered prayers more after I had to wait. You see, prayer lets us trust God to be God. And I know that he knows this. When we pray, we're putting things in God's hands and saying, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer is simply just talking and listening to God. It's a relational thing. And so if I persevere and persist in prayer, I'm actually spending more time with God. And this is great for my character. This is great for my soul to be with the creator of the universe, to continue to seek him. Prayer is good for us. You see, God is a God of comfort. And as we cry out to him, he meets us. Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. As we cry to God and he is near near us, we talk to him and trust him in prayer. You know, I'm rereading um, Chuck Swindoll's book, through uh, on the book of Nehemiah, hand me another brick. Um, And I came across these points of the benefits of prayer. He gives four benefits of prayer. He says, prayer makes me wait. And I'm like, yep, I have to wait to act until I finish praying. Prayer focuses me to lead the situation in God and it makes me wait. This is a good benefit for us that we don't get everything we want immediately. Prayer, secondly, he says, clears vision. It allows you to see things God's way, that God is able to put his desires into your heart as you are with him and he speaks to you. Number three, he says, prayer quiets my heart. It calms my spirit to trust God in the situation in prayer, to invite him in the situation. It invites God and his presence and his purpose into our leadership and our lives. Number four, he says, prayer activates my faith. You see, after praying, I'm more prone to trust God and reminded of his will. Prayer sets faith on fire. The Christian life is one of dependence. And when we pray, we're declaring that we need God. And so when I persevere in prayer, I'm building my faith to trust God. I have a fellow uh, pastor friend, Bruce Zachary, guy in California, which a guy I love and Uh, Man, it's just served as a great mentor and role model for me. He has a great book on prayer, which you can actually download and get other great leadership resources at VeloChurchLeaders.com, VeloChurchLeaders.com. Just another great resource for you. He wrote a book on prayer and he said, as we ask and while we wait, we learn to depend on God. Man, it's that simple, right? And yet it's that hard. Persevering in prayer as a leader continuing to seek God as Nehemiah continued to seek God. But I want you to understand this, and I want you to see this through Nehemiah in the scripture. As we are waiting on God, God is still working. 
That's right. God's timing is perfect. We say that all the time, right? As a cliche, but look at the word of God in this situation. Even if we don't like his timing, it is perfect. And we see uh, through scripture, the purpose and plan of God of waiting through the situation. You see, Nehemiah gives us a date here. It's the month of Nisan and the situation, the wall. And then later as autobiography would tell you, it's 52 days later, the wall will be complete and this and that and the other. Well, if we go to God's word and we look more uh, in depth about the situation, God actually reveals that there was a reason why he didn't answer Nehemiah that day that he prayed. Daniel chapter 9 verse 25 says that exactly 173,880 days or 483 years from the rebuilding and restoration of the wall of Jerusalem, the Messiah would come. Let me read this to you. Now, therefore, Daniel says in chapter 9 verse 25, uh, and understand that from the going out of the word to restore the building of Jerusalem to the coming of an anointed one, a prince, there will be seven weeks or seven times. Then for seven, seven, uh, 62 weeks or 62 times, it shall be built again with squares and moats, but in a troubled time. There would be opposition. The wall would be built up. And after that, then the Messiah would come after 483 years. Uh, this is what this verse is saying. And from the date of when Nehemiah would complete the wall of uh, this order of all the situation history going on, his situation would be exactly the day 483 years later when Jesus would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. Uh, the dates that we get are from uh, many scholars and biblical writers and historians, March 14th, 445 BC to April 6th, uh, 32 AD. Now, really, it's roughly around there. We uh, have people have different um, views on this, but Sir Robert Anderson, the British astronomer, astronomer and mathematician, he makes a strong case that Jesus fulfilled this prophecy exactly to the day, entering Jerusalem precisely 173 days, eight, 173,880 days later, from this text, this verse, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1. Remember, Jesus would say many times in the Gospels, my time has not come. My time has not come. When he would heal people, he would say, hey, be quiet. Don't tell people about this. My time has not come. Well, on the triumphal entry, he declares it was his time to come to receive worship. He says, hey, disciples, go and get this colt. I'm going to ride in. And people are crying out, save God who saves. And he receives worship. Luke 9, chapter uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 38 through 40, it says this, blessed, they're saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples because they were identifying him as the Messiah, Yahweh in flesh, God. And he answered them and says, I tell you, if they were silent, the stones would cry out because they would have been prophesied from Psalm 118 that this would be the moment, this would be the day, Daniel chapter 9, that this would be the moment, this would be the day from the ordinance of the rebuilding of the wall that the Messiah would come in a certain number in a certain way. Matthew 21 verse 4 says, This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophets, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming, humble and mountain on a donkey, on a colt, on a fowl of a beast of burden. Jesus knew the scripture. He understand the specific day that he would do this event and fulfill God's calling. But Nehemiah didn't. He just knew God was delaying and he had to trust God that he was God. And God used this situation to fulfill prophecy. 
So Nehemiah's waiting and God's delay, quote unquote, was actually a part of God's plan and his working so that we would know that this is the Messiah that Jesus came to save. And even in our waiting with the request, I want to encourage you, God has a plan. You may not know why he's delaying it. You may not understand it even in your generation like Nehemiah, but there is a great reason. Proverbs 19:21 says, "Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand." I know that we get disheartened and discouraged in persevering in prayer because we have a plan. We want to talk to God and have these things done today. But it doesn't work that way. We need to trust in God. So in chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, they teach us we need to continue to pray just as Nehemiah did. And I want to remind you that prayer is the preparation God uses us to grow our leadership. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18, pray without ceasing, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That great man of faith and prayer, George Mueller, he said the great fault of the children of God is they do not continue in prayer. They do not go on praying. They do not persevere. If they desire anything for God's glory, they should pray until they get it. And we see this important principle from Nehemiah in this text today. Nehemiah persisted in prayer so much so that it transformed him. It changed his character. We see Nehemiah's character shine in this moment, in this opportunity when the king asked, the king said to me, in verse 4, what are you requesting? How can I help? And so before Nehemiah answered in verse 5, it says, so I prayed to the God of heaven. When the king asked him how he can help, he prayed. It was in his nature. It was natural for him. He had been praying about the situation for months now, so much so that in the moment it led to another prayer, another prayer. So we are all facing challenges as leaders. I want to encourage you to keep praying. Allow God to form you as you depend on him. Because prayer really builds our character. And more importantly, it makes us more like Jesus. When we are before God more, we'll be more like him. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we uh, all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is spirit. You remember Moses on the mountain going up and then coming back down and his face appeared like the Lord because he was with him. We even know this naturally because Proverbs 13, 20 says you become like who you are. Oftentimes we, whoever we hang around with, we come by. Well, this is so vital for us as leaders to understand that if we're going to be persisting in prayer and being around God in prayer and depending on God so much, we'll become like him. Spending time with God in prayer is an investment and good for our souls and good for our leadership. It is by God's grace that he doesn't sometimes answer prayer our prayer requests so we can actually keep on abiding and keep on becoming more like him. God will influence you for the good as you are spending time with him. And so you may not have clear direction right now. You may be devastated by a a burden. I would just encourage you to pray. Keep on praying. God listens and oftentimes he prepares us as we wait for him. I'll close with this quote from Donald Whitney again. He says this, faith would never grow if all our prayers were answered immediately. Persistent prayer tends to develop deeper gratitude as well. 
As the joy of a baby's birth is greater because of the months of anticipation, so is the joy of an answered prayer after persisting in praying. I like that. I, I, I like that. Are you are you waiting? Are you waiting for unanswered prayers like me? Well, let's believe God that he is working in the situation and circumstances and preparing for us of what will come. And the reason why he's doing this is because he loves us. So, hey, let's keep praying and let's keep asking the Lord for his will to be done in our lives. Join us for a conversation with Pastor Daniel and his dad, Pastor Joe Williams, as they share a pastoral perspective on the book of Nehemiah. Well, a definition of perseverance is doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. And we're going to talk about that perseverance, especially in prayer. But before we get just to in prayer, that specific, how important is it uh, to persevere in leadership and just to continue doing something despite the difficulty, maybe how you feel or a delay in achievement? How important is that characteristic to you, Daddy, in perseverance in leadership? Well, you got to persevere. If you're going to see God's hand, you're going to have to persevere in leadership. And God is it's all it's shaping your ministry, but he wants you to continue to trust him and move forward and move on. But you have to trust him in leadership because uh, God does everything in his own time. But leadership is, is not an overnight thing. I mean, it's a lifetime uh, calling. It's not just a Sunday morning because uh, ministry is 24-7. So... You want to be the best leader that God has called you, but it takes, you know, years to develop. Uh, God is shaping us all the time. Maybe we can't see it. You know, you look at my life, I would think, well, I don't see much fruit in my life, but, you know, other people can see it. So your leadership, just persevere and keep going and Trust God. We walk in my faith. God, you know, uh, he does things in his own time, his own way. So we don't know what's around the corner. We don't know what the future holds. I mean, we don't know. We know he holds the future, but we just have to trust him, especially as leaders, because, you know, Hebrews say, you know, uh, people should follow our faith. And our, if our faith is not in Christ, uh, we're going to be in deep water in these last days because the way things are, are going uh, it's getting harder and harder so the leader got to build his faith to make it stronger and stronger and the attacks on leaders is different than seems like anybody else because Satan wants you to quit he wants you to stop but don't listen to his lies just keep doing it so what are some things in your ministry, in your leadership, that you've had to persevere over the years? I think we all have different things, but for you personally, what are some things that you've had to just persevere over um, not just weeks, but maybe months or even years? Well, you know, uh, I was bivocational bi- bi- 30 years, and I worked full-time, you know, training forklift drivers and driving forklifts in Seattle, and um, I thought, well, you know, uh, 
I don't know if I'll ever be able to get out for this job. You know, I was there for 30 years. I said, man, this church is small. We don't have much money. I want to be, be by vocational the rest of my life. And um, when one day God opened the door and I was able to walk out for that job about five years ago. And now I'm working for the church full time. And we didn't have our building at the time. We had to meet at, you know, schools and uh, community centers or wherever, you know, you know, we just met anywhere we could. We had to go in, you know, like 830 in the morning and set up chairs, set up sound systems. And then we get down to service. We got to take it all back down again for 20 years. But then an opportunity came where we can get our own our own building. We got our own building. And uh, but that took 20 years before we got our own building, 20 years. And now uh, we go in, everything is all set up, and uh, it, it's just a blessing. But we, it didn't happen overnight. So, you know, it just took a long time, but it did happen in God's own time. So that's what you want, God's own time. It will happen if you just keep going. God will make it happen. Why do you think that God allows us to persevere in prayer? So we have to persevere through difficulty and situations and relationships, those things. But it seems like he wants us to pray. He does answer prayer. Why doesn't he just answer things immediately? Like, why is it important that we understand he doesn't answer things immediately and he wants us to persevere in prayer? Because scripture says that. Yeah, he wants you to trust him, you know, and trust his timing. He wants, the Bible said we should continue in prayer. You know, Colossians talks about that uh, because it's a tendency to stop especially when you don't get your uh, prayers answered in the right time that you might think in a timely manner. It's a tendency to stop, but he wants you to continue to prayer, to pray because God is, is working. Maybe you can't see it, but he's working out his perfect will in his perfect timing. And uh, seems like God is, just want us especially as leaders to trust him and keep and keep praying and not quit you know Luke 18 said a man should always pray and not be discouraged and it's very discouraging especially when you pray and pray and pray for years and you don't seem to see the answer but it doesn't mean that God is not working he's shaping you he's preparing you uh, for the road down the, down the road he wants to use you down the road to do something that maybe uh, it took years to prepare you to do so don't don't give up don't stop because you know if a leader is not in prayer then the ministry really is not going to be successful because you know prayer is powerful so don't stop praying the Bible said we should cast all our cares upon him because he cares for us. Everything, you know, the Bible said we should pray um, without ceasing. So keep praying. Well, in what areas have you had to persevere in prayer over the years? Obviously, I think we all, if we're pastors and shepherds, persevere in prayer for people. But have you? do you have any stories or think about the times when you prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and then finally God gave it to you and you're more appreciative or um, I know you've been you prayed for building and prayed for full time those things but what are some other things in, in prayer specifically that you saw God answer a prayer but it was a delayed prayer well you know I, I prayed that God would 
at first I prayed for, you know, like a, a big church, you know, and, and that wasn't God's will. I don't know. If it could always become big, but uh, I don't know if it will or not. But I've, I've prayed about things that I thought that was God's will, and it wasn't. So I'm able to accept no for an answer. If God says no, then that's, that's okay with me because he knows best. But I've I prayed, like I said, at building, I never thought we would have our own building, but God opened the door and we took a step of faith, and now we do. And now we're able to share our building with other churches who are struggling. So, you know, God blesses us so we can bless other people and not to be selfish. But I think we all been there, you know, we we pray for something and we pray for something and seem like nothing is happening. And, you know, the enemy comes and says, man, you just might as well, you just might as well stop, give up because God don't hear you, man. He's not going to ever answer your prayers. Well, you know, that's a lie from hell because he Satan knows how powerful prayer is. And um, God wants you to continually seek him. He said he's a rewarder to those that diligently seek him. So don't stop praying. How has God rewarded you and your faith as you persevered in prayer over the years? Have you, as you grown in prayer, Nehemiah, he had to have that burden and pray day after day after day until finally a few months just for an opportunity to do what God's called him to do. And it really built his faith. What are some ways that you've had your faith built because you've been a man of prayer and uh, valued that and put that as a priority in your life? Well, I've seen God do things in my life that I thought that would never happen. You know, it's, you know, God has blessed our church. We had, a, our church is paid off. You know, we paid it off and we don't have any overhead now. I'm trying to keep the church out of debt, but, you know, things are going up and stuff. Uh, things are getting more expensive. So we try to just, as a church, you know, live within our means but none of my prayers seems like was answered overnight. It took, it took time. It took sometimes years. But I learned to trust God in the good times, and I learned to trust God in the bad. And you're going to have your ups and downs. You're going to have your good times, uh, and you're going to have your bad times. But, you, you know, faith is trusting God in the bad times as well as the good times. And just because things go, things go bad doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. You could be doing something right. So does, we, we easily get discouraged, especially, you know, I've, I pray for something and I tell God how he's supposed to answer the prayer, but he doesn't answer it the way I want it sometimes. And then I say, wow, I didn't expect that, you know. But we just have to be flexible to the Holy Spirit because it's God's church. And he's going to answer in his own way, in his own time. So we have to just trust him. So what encouragement, lastly, do you have for those that are persevering, that are continuing? Maybe they're tired. It's been a hard season. Um, maybe they're struggling. We see Nehemiah physically had a burden. You could tell he was struggling, but he didn't give up. What would you say to those right now that maybe are struggling, um, but they're not giving up? What encouragement do you have for them? Just keep praying. Keep trusting. And um, God is with you. He's promised you know, not to leave you nor forsake you. So he's with you and he's not going to, he doesn't expect you to do this by yourself because none of us can. And if you're not dependent upon him, um, you're really going to have problems. 
you're going to be discouraged because we can't build a church. But if you would just dedicate your ministry to the Lord and say, you know, whatever you want, Lord, is fine with me. I mean, if you want a big church, great. If, if you want a small church, that's fine. I'm, I, my church has been small for so long. I mean, I'm pretty much, you know, I don't worry, I don't worry about the numbers anymore. Uh, it could grow, maybe not, but I'm just going to do the best I can with people who I have, and, and that's it. You know, you see these big ministries on TV, you know, these big ministries, people got thousands of people, you know, and you say, man, look at all those people, you know. It's very easy to get your eyes on that and get discouraged. Don't worry about what somebody else is doing. Maybe God, well, I'm sure God will work different in your ministry than you will anybody else's. So we can't compare ourselves among ourselves. We just do what God has called us to do in our particular fellowship. And every church is different. So keep on persevering, keep on praying, keep on trusting, keep on teaching. Uh, you know, God is with you. When you get discouraged, just go to the Lord in prayer and say, hey, you know, I need your help. God is there for you. He's not going to leave you by yourself. So we do have help. And uh, God wants us to come to him when we're discouraged. Thank you for joining us for today's Leadership Lessons podcast. For more content, you can visit eeleaders.com and follow us on social media at eeleaders.